Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Jack and Joe Show. We talk about property, business, and everything in between. Hosted by Jack Heskin-Taylor and Joe McCarthy. Sharing the stories of entrepreneurs, property investors, and our journey to health, wealth, and happiness. Welcome to another episode of the Jack and Joe Show with me, Jack Heskin-Taylor. Me, Joe McCarthy. And today we are here with Brett. Brett Fidge, how are you, Brett? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Oh, good now, eh? How's the uh, current market going for you? Interesting. <laughs> yeah, exciting, interesting, um, worrying, a bit of everything, to, to be honest. Um, yeah. And it's, it's all a bit surreal, really, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Um, kind yeah. of feels, feels like, like I'm like in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels like I'm in a Will Smith movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think, um, obviously, it's, you know, it's so unknown. None, none of us have been here. Well, I, I wasn't really in the last recession, but um, none of us have been in this specific specific sort of circumstance. So I think it's all a bit of a day by day, hour by hour sort of situation. It's all unfolding yeah. pretty quickly. And obviously, depending on, you know, how, how it plays out, um, we, none of us really know how long this is going to go on for. So mm. I think... Um, it's exciting. Most of all, I think I'm kind of excited because obviously we're all in the same boat. So for me, that takes the fear away. We're all in the same boat. Yeah, so yeah. we're all in it together. Whereas if it was just a property crash or just, I don't know, just, just finance or I don't know, just, just sort of specifically one industry, I think you'd be more concerned. But I think the fact this is everyone, yeah. kind of, for me, that takes away all the fear and all this kind of stress, really. Good point. Okay, all right. Um, basically, what I think we'd like to, to sort of start off with, Brett, is, um, yeah. is your story and your background. I know me and Joe have been to your event and, we, and we've heard it. It is it's definitely interesting. It would be great to, to share it with everyone else and just sort of go back from where it first started with, with property and, and sort of what you did growing up. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. How, how long have we got? Because this is a tendency <laughs> to, <laughs> to drag this on. So, now, okay, so yeah, just a quick, quick overview from the very beginning, really. Um, I grew up on a on a, an organic cattle farm in the southeast of South Australia yeah. and uh, kind of knew pretty quickly that I wasn't going to take over the family business, which was the farm that was um, very, well, to me, it was bleak. Um, I think it was you so sort of reliant on rainfall and all that sort of thing. So many things out of your control that, I don't know, it was a great lifestyle, but it just, it just wasn't the future that I wanted. Um, I got yeah. the idea of investing in property when I was, like quite young, a little kid. I was I was at my dad's house and 
he had a friend who's sitting on the couch all day and and i said to dad i was like you know what, what's buddha do for a job <laughs> and he chuckles and looks around and everyone laughs and they go oh yeah he uh could it's kind of implying that he was he was lazy or just you know bit bit thick or something yeah and then uh, he goes yeah he he lives on rent money i'm like what <laughs> like, you know what i mean so there, there i was yeah. like i think i was about eight or you know eight years old or something yeah. and i said yeah boom light bulb there we go so so from literally from that point on i was i was started saving my pocket money as a little kid so i was like i'm gonna buy houses i'm gonna live on rent i'm not gonna work my whole life i knew straight away and then uh Sort of growing up, I was uh, not very good at school. I wasn't, school wasn't for me. Growing up in a small country town, I was kind of like, you either get, you're either, you're either good at school and you went to university. I wasn't, I was never going to. Or you drop out and you go work on a farm or you do a trade with a local uh, contractor or something. And so I, I saw, you know, that I wanted to, to build houses and renovate houses and, and rent them out. And I, I thought I'd just buy them, fix them up and rent them out so dropped out of school pretty quickly as quick as i could did a carpentry apprenticeship yeah got signed off in you know as quick as i could and got my trade and then went and worked in the mining industry in in australia sort of earning like a lot of money for a teenager and uh yeah and then i bought my first house just as just as i turned 20 i bought my first house in spartanburg Mm. south carolina which is that over in the US and yeah, just to touch, even just to touch on that, like how did you find managing that property from such a far distance away? Fantastic question. <laughs> and it kind of leads me to where I am now <laughs> with great difficulty. I mean, at first it was all right. At first it was good for the first year or two. It was good. Um, Why did you invest there, Brad? Yeah. Another great question. So um, when I was in, when I was living in Adelaide I, and I was saving up this money and working in the mines, I'd, I'd basically saved the best part of 50 grand uh, oh. Australian dollars. And well, I, was, I think I was 18 or 19 at the time, which is a pretty good effort for an 18, 19 year old. Yeah. You know, I just finished my carpentry apprenticeship, but I, I was, I was the time I was relentless. Um, and, and I knew what I wanted. I think that was the biggest thing. I knew what I wanted. So decisions were easy. And, so how, why I bought in the US? Well, because I saw that I could buy a whole house for the, for the price of a deposit versus like compared to Australia. So I was like, well, I could either buy a whole house in the US or try and save up for a deposit and own you know, 25% of a house here. So I was like, to me, not knowing what I know now, to me, that was the right thing to do. I, I just went all in. So I was like, okay, yeah. Um, and, and because I think I'd saved so much money so quickly, I thought, well, you know, I got, and, and I think at that point I'd, well, I was definitely naive um, and inexperienced. I just thought, you know, I had more money than brains, basically. I just thought, yeah, let, let's just roll the dice. If I get it wrong, I'll just go again. So I did. I rolled the dice. Um, I didn't actually get it wrong. I, I, I did all right. Like, it was a decent investment. Um, I went, I, my plan was, yeah, I want to just go over there because I'd heard of, like, international investment companies ripping people off and all that sort of stuff. And... I definitely didn't know how to do due diligence like I do now. But at the time I had my mum's um, accountant look into the company and so on and so forth. And they were, they were a real legitimate company. So I went for it and sort of fast forward to six, 12 months, I think 
I went over there, um, traveling around, had my 21st in Las Vegas with a couple of mates, which was, you know, part holiday, part, like part business, part pleasure. <laughs> trip. Um, and then, and then we, uh, had a bit of a road trip through America, stopped off at these, this house in, in Spartanburg. We were driving from Louisiana up to New York doing this long road trip for like two or three months and stopped in at, um, uh, Spartanburg and I, I couldn't pay anyone because I, like, I didn't have that much money with me but I, I picked up a couple backpackers along the way at different hostels and I was like Oi, jump in the car with me I'll take you to Spartanburg I can't pay you but I'll pay for your food and accommodation for a couple of weeks and we'll go paint my house so we did that <laughs> and uh, it worked well it was all good and then come home the rent was coming in while like I'm traveling around rent's coming in I met the family they were a lovely family it was all going well. So I come back to Australia, went to the mines back, like went back to the mines, went again, saved up a load of cash again, bought another one about a year later. Um, and that was all going well. And yeah, so like at this point I'm 21 and I was, I had a, had a management company on the ground. So I met her as well, obviously whilst I was there, you know, she was managing the properties for me and, and, and everything was going well. And I thought like I was onto a winner. So to answer the, the question, Joe, for the first couple of years, the management was, was a walk in the park. It was easy. Every, everything was nice. going to plan and I was pretty happy. Yeah. And then um, kind of off topic, I, I had a motorbike accident, which was a bit of a life-changing experience. Uh, I'd nearly, I was nearly paralyzed. I was temporarily paralyzed um, and for like, for, for like 10 or 12 hours, I couldn't feel or move my legs. Um, which was pretty well, scary. So, could a bit of a life-changing moment. I'm, I, was, I was flying. I was getting flown like on the emergency airplane from from the f- town where I grew up in into the city and what? Sh- strapped into. You know when they you see in the like the, the movies and they take someone out of the car accident or whatever and they strap them in one of them things. Yeah. Um, yeah, like a spinal brace. So I was in one of them. And couldn't move, couldn't feel or move my legs. And I'm in the plane just thinking, like, oh, the hell? Like, <laughs> this could, this could be it. Like, this, I could be in a wheelchair, and like, best case scenario, uh, or potentially worse, rather. So, um, but best case scenario, you know, it's all good. Because at that time, that I, I had a doctor assess me in, in the town where I fell off the bike. And he's like, oh, I don't think your back's broken. I was like, oh, I can't move my legs, mate. So <laughs> something's going on. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, yeah, all right, let's get you on a plane. So yeah, so scary, scary sort of plane ride into into the city. And and in that moment, I was I said, you know what? Stuff the mines, stuff the houses, stuff all this. Let's just park it for a few years and, and go travel. So um, so that's what I did. I went I went traveling all over Europe, just living it up like a little madman. That's that's what I thought the plan was. And then. Yeah. Uh, which was going well. I saw a lot of Europe, had a lot of good fun. Um, and then I met my missus in, in, in Greece when we were traveling around and another, that's another long story, but it turns out uh, we met in Greece. She lives a hundred meters away from me in London. What? And yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so we, we started dating pretty much just straight away when we got back and then we got married like a year later. It all just fell into place ri- ridiculously quickly because um, neither of us were looking for a relationship at that point in our lives. But when we met, it was it kind of just, I don't know, it, it just 
kind of threw a spanner in the works. It wasn't really what I had planned, but (laughs) 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 you know, you know, so, um, yeah, so that's the, yeah, met Viola. And then, um, when I realized I was staying in the UK, it was time to sell the properties. And then this was right about the time as well that going back to your question, Joe, about the, the management, this is when it all started to go pear shaped. So I think this was, what year was this? 2015. I think in 2015, or it might've been just before we got married, all of a sudden my rent stops coming in. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. We've kind of all heard this story in, in one way or another, but basically, uh, yeah, the rent stops coming in and I was still relatively young, very, very inexperienced com- compared to where I'm at now and kind of didn't really know how to, how to do business, how to solve problems, how to definitely didn't really know how, well, I didn't know at that time how to sell a property in the U S when I was in the UK, I had no clue. Like I was, I was oblivious. I was naive, oblivious. And, um, yeah, just kind of, I'd, I'd taken my eye off the ball. Yes. But at the same time, um, I was taken advantage of plain and simply, um, the, the lady, the lady in her company who were meant to be managing them. I still don't know what happened. Pretty well started collecting rent and just not paying it on. So I, I don't know what happened to them, but they, well, something, something went pear shaped and the, they don't exist anymore. They're not there. Um, and anyway, me and a lot of other investors basically lost like a lot of money. Um, like I say, long story short, ended up, ended up getting the keys into the hands of a local realtor and he, he flipped them for me. But I've worked out that I'd lost from all the money I'd saved up from like that little kid all the way up to working through the mines and my apprenticeship and all the rest of it. Um, I'd worked out that I'd lost 72% of the money that I'd put in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It was heavy. It was heavy. Man. And you know heavy. To, to be honest, I probably would have lost. Well, I would, definitely would have lost more. I would have almost lost all of it. But the thing that saved me was when I bought in the US, the, the Australian dollar versus the US dollar was well in my favor. The, 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 the Australian dollar was so high compared to the U S dollar, the highest it had been for a long time. So I caught a break there. And then, then the same thing, when I took the money from the U S to the UK, it was, it was in my favor, like massively again. So I saved, I don't know, 10, 20% there. Um, and then, yeah, my missus and I, we, we moved up to Liverpool because, um, you know, like, like a lot of guys in the market. Like myself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly like yourself, Joe. Just did the research. Liverpool was hot. Um, like both to me, it was. I, I did. I researched Hull, Leeds, Sheffield, Manchester, and Liverpool. And to me, Liverpool was by far not only like the, just the coolest city, but the strongest property market. You know, economic future was the most exciting from all the research I'd done, and just but the culture was. It's easily the best, I thought. So, just to me, it was a no-brainer. So, like, we came up here. We came up here one weekend. Um, uh, Viola and I did probably, I don't know, three or four viewings on some houses. Came back. 
I did it. I came back on my own the weekend after viewed a flat and then we moved up like a couple of weeks after that moved into that flat. So we were, we moved up here pretty quickly within, within a couple of months. So of, uh, well, within a few months of making the decision, but, um, yeah, we, we were up here and then that was the end of 2015. So basically, yeah, since from the two, the end of 2015, nothing really happened. I was sort of just sort of running around town, viewing houses and putting in silly offers. And then yeah, at the beginning of 2016, when, when it kind of started for me, that was when we, we started managing a few HMOs here and there. Um, yeah. I was doing a lot of networking. Um, I did some, some property training in London as well before I moved up here and I did, uh, I did a lot of networking through that. And then obviously when I got up here, I continue, I'm just naturally a lot. I like networking. So I just naturally have done lots of it. And then I kept, kept getting tapped on the shoulder saying, you know, you're managing HMOs. And I said, well, not really at the time, my, my, my business partner and I at the time, um, we we were looking to do rent to rents together and then we just weren't finding the deals that we wanted and but meanwhile we were getting asked to manage hmos so it kind of uh you know we, we thought maybe maybe there's an opportunity here for a management company um yeah so yeah we, we just got kind of looked into the market to see what everyone were doing and yeah i just saw an opportunity for for a hmo management business there was no one in town who really I felt were were that passionate about managing HMOs, particularly professional house shares. There's quite a few student agents around, but no one managing professional house shares. Bricks and mortar don't complain. Like the the key part of what we do at Now Rooms is obviously our processes and procedures and and getting rooms filled and everything and keeping them filled and keeping properties maintained is is massively important and. and the physical makeup of a of an HMO is huge. It's absolutely huge. Like compared yeah. to like I've got quite a few friends who run traditional agencies and and then they have one or two HMOs on their books. And I don't know why they don't just give them to me because <laughs> like a lot of them do, but there's a couple guys who just hold on to one or two and all they do is complain. They're like, Oh, there's there's tenants asking me to sort out their Wi-Fi. I'm like mate, you're managing an HMO, like, yeah. it's what you do, like, it's a, it's a different model, it's not a house, you're not just putting a family in there and collecting rent for the next 10 years, like, it's an HMO, it's, it's, a, it's a moving operation day by day, yeah. and it needs day by day, constant attention, and if you're not prepared for that, then it's just not going to work, so... I think um, a lot of agents, that, and this is what I realized when I started looking into the other agents when I moved up here and, and, and in 2016, I realized like a lot of these agents, I was asking them basic fire safety questions and they're just tripping over their tongue. I'm like, clearly you guys don't know what you're doing. You're, you, yeah. you, you either don't know what you're doing or you, you're not that enthusiastic about it. So, um, I mean, a few of them knew, a few of them did, but not, not many. Um, yeah. I just saw opportunities. So. So that was it really. So, um, but yeah, no, they, they're definitely a different beast to, to a single let. No, yeah. most definitely. But, um, to, 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 to sort of make, make the point that I'm getting to here is it's the cultures within the house that is our greatest value at now rooms. That that's our greatest value is our ability to establish and direct and maintain the cultures within the house. Because if you get that right, 
then the rest of it is easy. The house, the, the house will physically manage itself. They, they will look after it. They will maintain it. They will, they will do, they'll repair it. They will help out. They'll help clean. They'll clean ovens. They'll clean toilets. They'll do whatever you want them to do. Yeah. If the culture and the dynamic in the house is right. But if you get that wrong, then the rest of it is, it's like a domino. It is literally the domino effect. If you get the culture wrong, then the dominoes just trickle the, the wrong way. And yeah, and everything just spirals out of control. But um, so yeah, it's all about the culture. To go back to to the original question or to the original point that Joe made, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, where, where is now rooms now? Can just anybody listen that, that may not may not have looked at the Liverpool area so much, or may not have heard of yourselves yet. Like, what are now rooms doing, and who are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate that question. We are a specialist HMO management company. We have been around for four years and we have basically, we're in the strongest position that we've ever been and we continue to develop our position on a daily, monthly, weekly, daily basis. Um, We are genuinely striving to bring change to the house share industry particularly in liverpool but you know soon to be sort of the rest of the country really and set the standard for for what property management should be and could be because we're in a day and age where you've got amazon on your phone who deliver the same day and they've got our app on their phone which should be without fail every single day every single time they can fix something like that the same day. But unfortunately, yeah. we're not quite there yet. Um, and general lettings and management are nowhere near there. So the, the, the stories that we see in here and the scenarios we come across on a daily basis about the way tenants get looked after, I think it's, to me, well, it's sad to hear a lot of it. Um, not, not all of it. I'm not saying that the lettings industry and the property management industry is doom and gloom, but it's just yeah. definitely not what it could be. And, and I don't, I don't see, I don't see any company who's as driven and as, and as aspired as what we are. I promise you that. And I promise anyone listening to this, no one's as driven as what we are to, to seriously just raise the bar above and beyond anything that has ever been seen before. So, um, I think who are we? We, we're, yeah, like I say, a house share management company. We want to. We're building a community. We're building a community of tenants, like-minded individuals who come together, and they they instantly meet friends when they move into one of our properties. They've instantly got friends because we're matching them with the with the right dynamic. Like we said before, yeah, we're, we're matching the we're getting the cultures and the dynamics right in the houses, and then because of all the cultures dynamics are right within each individual house across the board our dynamic is harmonious our tenant community is harmonious so when they all come together it's always good vibes which is what we do we bring our tenants together christmas parties five-a-side football crazy golf that sort of thing Um, admittedly we we're not doing as many events yet as what we want to be doing but fast forward into the future we're going to have thousands and thousands of tenants across liverpool across the northwest across the country and we're going to be hosting huge events like festivals and parties and um are you guys familiar with bongo bingo yeah yeah i've been quite yeah, a few yeah, times. yeah. <laughs> All right, that that's the kind of stuff we're going to be doing so um and and hiring out like huge venues and 
where tenants can come to one of our houses. They know they're going to get 24 hours. So it's boom, 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 boom. Boiler pops, boom, we're there, same day. New boiler, new whatever, new whatever it takes. Um, nice. Same thing with the ovens, the whatever it is. What, you know, they're not waiting a day, two days, three days. It's the same day, like literally yeah. rapid fire. So they're going to have a, a level of, of property management service that is, is far above and beyond anything that they've ever experienced before. Yeah. And on top of that, they're going to be a part of a community where they've got hundreds and thousands of not hundreds of thousands, but <laughs> hundreds <laughs> and thousands of <laughs> potentially at some point, maybe, but um, definitely like a thousand, we're going to have a thousand, like we're not that far off having a community of over a thousand tenants. So, um, and then it's going to be 2000 and 3000 and 10,000. So they're yeah. going to be part of a community and part of a club and they're all going to have uh, discount loyalty cards as well. We've already got them made up and we've got businesses who want to, they, they all want to jump on board with what we're doing. So they, yeah. they move into one of our properties, they get a, a loyalty card and then they've got 10% off here, 15% off there. So just like that, we're going to have the same thing for all about like thousands of tenants. You know, they can go to any business with their loyalty card in Liverpool and get a discount um, nice. and then have regular events and meetups and social gatherings and all that sort of thing. Cause that's the biggest thing nowadays. That's the biggest thing we see is like majority cause 80% of our tenants are working professionals currently with our current portfolio, how that's going to develop. Uh, don't know. Don't know exactly to be honest, whether that'll go yeah. up or down, but the ratio, but the point being is we're heavily involved in the young professional market and we probably will be more so going forward. And the young professionals are out of those 80%, 90% are new to Liverpool. They don't know anyone in Liverpool. Some of, a lot of them have never been to Liverpool. They don't know anywhere in Liverpool to go for a drink, for a hamburger, whatever it is. They don't know. Yeah. So, you know, if we're putting that, if we're putting um, Jack or Joe who are moving into one of our houses and they're moving into Liverpool, we're putting them in the perfect house with the perfect setting of friends that they're going to be instantly friends with. They're going to have a good life. They're going to have a good time. Um, and that's, that's yeah. what it's all about. That's what we're doing. So since uh, I've had two new business partners invest in, into the business last year, um, as my previous business partner, I had to step out with, with other focuses. So since working with my two new partners, they, they have various businesses in, in different sectors, but predominantly focused around property. Uh, it, it's Sean, Sean O'Neill and Yuri from the Adore Group. In summary, it's uh, basically... I mean, when you, when you when you enjoy who you're working with and what you're doing, then then obviously you, you want to do it better. So, I I really enjoy working with my two new business partners, and I think I think the reason why they've been able to add so much value to me and our rooms specifically is because one of their businesses in particular is a, a rental portfolio of city centre apartments and they the way they they manage and they operate that portfolio is that um they, they lease it all it's all rent to rent so they're effectively their own landlord um for the for the most part um which means they you know they they, they make their own decisions and and they they call their own shots and they they're able to deliver and at, well, prioritize and focus all of their time energy and effort on their tenants. And I think that's the biggest thing that 
the the value that they possess which which i'm and now runes rather is is embodying and kind of has always been embodying but um with with this guidance yeah. from from adores and sexy property um we're, we're seeing now how to do that how to focus more time and energy and effort on the tenants because ultimately if the tenants are happy then they they look after the property number one they stay longer number two and they pay their rent on time number three and if they're doing that then the landlord's going to be happy and if the landlord's not happy yeah. and all those three things are happening well then there's something wrong with the landlord most of the time <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah i think the fact that they've been able to help us um you know d develop a culture and an ethos where where all of that's happening and happening so quickly and happening so well as well i think that that's really i think yeah. where the, the success comes from Okay, okay, that's great, Brett. Just with reference to um, the, the Liverpool market and the HMO market, have you got yeah. any sort of um, any sort of advice on on the way the market's gone recently um, sure. and the current market as well? Yeah, sure. Let, let's should we break this down? So we'll, we'll say like hypothetically up to a week ago before before the virus has sort of come in. Yeah. So let, let's just assume before before all this happens. So essentially um the liverpool hmo market was becoming very very busy and very active um in the last two to three years particularly well since i've i've only been here four years mind you so in the last however in those four yep. years it's changed drastically i've seen it change change quite a bit so um i mean when i when i got here i thought it was difficult to find deals now i think it's I mean, it's not impossible. Nothing's impossible, but it's it's very difficult. Like it's extremely difficult to find good deals, particularly if you're looking for something like a a cheap cheap you know dilapidated property that you want to renovate and uh, you know refinance and pull all your money out. I mean, they they are very very few and far between. And I think okay. the amount of people looking for them, I think if they if if all of the people knew how many people they were actually fishing in the same pond with, then I think, well, a lot of them would give up. And I think a lot of them do give up. That's the thing. I think people underestimate uh, how much competition there is at the moment. I think it's, it's because it's very exciting. You've got a lot of seminars boasting about, you know, how you can be financially free and all that <laughs> sort of thing. I mean, the yeah. market as the market itself, it's becoming competitive. Um, it is definitely coming competitive. So to give you an overview, when I moved here four years ago, it was, you know, you could easily rent a double room to a working professional for on average about 350 pounds. Now it's more like 300 pounds and it's got, it can't be an average room anymore. It's got to be like a nice quirky sort of fancy to a degree. This is without non-suite, right? Yeah. So, um, but okay. I, and the ensuite things are another story altogether. So, now, I mean, a double room is even becoming harder and harder to rent out. Whereas only three, four years ago, you rent just like this, like no problem. But now it's like it is more and more on suites. If it kind of if you if you're looking to go out and develop HMOs and you're not even considering on suites, then I'd say you're definitely definitely behind the eight ball. If if you, I mean, I'm not saying you have to have an on suite in every single room. But if you're not trying to get them in, then you're behind the eight ball. Um, you need yeah. to catch up because the market is definitely 100% uh, 
going towards on suites if if not the fact that it's already there basically um and rents in general have dropped a bit obviously article fours come in in a few different places um mm. in saying all this though and, and i was kind of you know getting a bit of a, a chip off my shoulder before about all these it was not really a chip it's kind of i kind of feel sorry for a lot of these uh, new people coming into the market which is kind of where i was a few years ago I yeah. think I was perhaps a little bit less sort of full of false hope um, with, compared to some some of the people I, I meet with today because um, there's so many people who think that you can find like uh, still today I, I don't know how um, how this is still happening but there's so many people who think that they can get a, a standard three bed terraced house and just convert the the reception the front reception room to a fourth bedroom you're going to have four tenants sharing one bathroom and have basic furniture, basic interior decor, and you're just going to rent out four rooms and you've got to be a hundred percent occupied. This is the other thing. They, they will base their figures. A lot of, a lot of, uh, will probably come on to mistakes, I guess, but uh, a lot of uh, the main mistake I see people predicting their cash flows and forecasts on best possible case scenarios. That's, that's the biggest mistake. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the market as a whole, there's definitely, there's 100%, there's opportunities. There is still opportunity. And I'll tell you why. Because there is so many of these, and I, keep, I kind of keep gravitating towards the, the amateurs and, and the people who, who are sort of starting out. Um, because there's so many of them, there's so many, there's a plethora of just basic, bulk standard, below par, average rooms. Um, yeah. And because of that, there's a reputation that, well, because of that and the fact that there's a lot of student tired, empty student stock, because of them, there's a lot of uh, reputation around Liverpool. The Liverpool HMO market, oh, it's saturated. There's no opportunity in Liverpool. Well, that's not true. That's not true at all. The reason why people say that is because, one, there's an oversupply of bog standard boring. Actually, yeah, that, that's... I know you said number one. It's actually funny that you mentioned that because I heard that of someone about three or four months ago as well. Completely separate, like a completely different thing that there's an oversaturation um, only for the bog standard, you know, things are that, that are subpar when it comes to the HMO rooms. But um, yeah. there's not an oversaturation. 100%, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I got to Liverpool, the main thing that I was coming across was tired, tired student landlords. Yeah, we've yeah. seen a few of them. We have a few, yeah, we have a few. But um, the thing is, because of the way the market was, well, I mean, we're talking now what, you know, mid-March, end of March, um, you know, we're talking back like January and February. Yeah. These landlords that we were talking to had a big expectation of the property values that they wanted to sell. Oh, we were yeah, talking like yeah, say, the Kensington area, Wavertree area. Mm. Um, but like their expectations were high because there was such a demand at the time. Yeah. For properties. Yeah. No, but obviously that's that's changing now. So, yeah. Um, but so, yeah, like I mean, they were you know, the rooms that they were providing were bog, bog standard. I'm yeah. talking brown carpets, magnolia <laughs> walls, if even that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, just based based on that, Brett. So obviously there is a lot of new people coming to Liverpool. Everyone's raving about Liverpool at the moment, especially HMOs, Barry, February Finance. What's what's the most common mistakes that you see people do 
when they come up to Liverpool or if, if someone's made an investment and then they come to you to rent the rooms out? What's what's normally a common mistake? Yeah, great question. Um, all right, there's, so there's off the top of my head, there's two that spring to mind, which is which are the biggest mistakes, the biggest, biggest, biggest mistakes that I see over and over and over again. And I kind of mentioned one a little bit before. My advice to these two mistakes would be, I'll say this before because I want to start off on a positive note. Um, my advice would be don't just listen to what you've been told by someone somewhere and just assume that it's true. Yeah. Get, get frontline advice from someone who's doing what you want to do where you want to do it. Yeah. And that, that's, that's applicable to anything in business or in life. Like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna speak to an expert on. I don't know. Uh, running a um, a chiropractor practice in Liverpool, and then go and try and set one up in Miami. I mean, yeah. yes, they're gonna have similarities, but they're completely different in uh, not industries. Completely different markets. Completely different well, clientele. Do a degree. Like it's a, it's yeah. a different climate. It's completely different. So. Don't just assume that what you can do here, you can do over there. That, that's, that's the thing. So the, the advice is speak to someone who's doing what you're doing, where you want to do it, and they're doing it successfully. That's the biggest thing, right? Okay. So if you, if you just keep that in mind, then, then what I'll say now kind of, you know, it, it will be a bit better accepted, I think. So the yeah. biggest mistake, hands down, is... Uh, People and amateur investors base their their cash flows on the best possible case scenario. Yeah. At best, at worst, they're basing it on unrealistic or completely, completely impossible case scenario. <laughs> so, okay, so let's just sum up this point, right? So, I was only speaking to to a girl a few days ago. Um, she 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 messaged me on Facebook, and she's asking me about like I said before, the, the, the four bedrooms, one bathroom model yeah. um, in, in an area that I would say the desirability for rooms would be about a three out of 10 yeah. and the room rates realistically for a double room, because they were all doubles, no en suites, the room rates for, that, for those double rooms in that area realistically would be about 250 maximum, really, yeah. maximum if you were lucky. 275 to 300 pounds if you were lucky yeah and she's she's come back to me with a gross rental figure which it it was 425 per room i don't know who she'd been listening to but i I genuinely felt so sorry for her that she was so misled but she she was trying to tell me that she knew what she's talking about i actually know that that's that's so far from reality that you're going to make a huge mistake and she was in legal she she was trying to take this property on a five-year lease I'd saved it. Well, I believe financial destruction. That could have been a bad deal. deal, It's every day. Like if we see this every day, like where we're sitting at now rooms, we see this every day. And that, and and a lot of them are looking at their first deal because they they don't really make it to their second one, to be quite honest, because if they, if this is what their first one looks like, that's why they don't get any further. Mm. And we've seen this so often. And this is why, it's kind of um, yeah. No, I really want to. I really want to sort of. I hope this message comes from a good place because well, I hope it's received, you know, the way it should be because this this is really important to me. And yeah. 
to us at our rooms because we, we deal with this so often. So that's the first thing. They, they base their scenario on the, on the best possible case scenario. Um, yeah. The second thing is, they, like I said about the, the advice, they, they, they get told by someone in, let's just say hypothetically, Birmingham or somewhere else, <laughs> um, or you know, in London or God knows, or online, someone who's probably not even in the UK, and they come into Liverpool and they're going, oh, um, you know, I heard that you can do this, 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 and this. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to rent out these rooms. I'm going to pr provide this, um, I don't know, these, these amenities, these bathrooms, these room sizes, whatever it is, um, the, the sense of decor. It's like, you need to know what's happening in your market. Knowing your market, to say, understand your market that's such a broad term what understanding your market means is understanding not the age range of tenant you're going to rent to but exactly who you're going to rent to understand the person who you're going to rent to is it going to be a doctor working at the royal liverpool hospital okay yeah. how far yeah. does he want to walk to work does he want to walk to work does he want to catch a bus you know, how big of a room does he need? What sort of furniture does he need? What sort of decor in his, in his room does he want? You know, uh, how much fridge space is he going to need? How much lounge mm. space is he going to need? Is he going to want to live with lots of people or few people? Is he going to want to live with people his same age? Is he going to want to live with older people, younger people? This is knowing your market. Knowing your market yeah. is not just thinking, yeah. oh, yeah, they're going to rent a room for £325 and I'm going to rent to a professional. That's not knowing your market. That's yeah. knowing a very broad bracket, you know. Um, yeah. I think that that's the biggest thing. People thinking what they can do somewhere else. We mm -hmm. see this. I mean, this is not something we see amateur investors. We see a lot of London investors make this mistake because they say, "Oh, well, down in London we do this." And I said, "Well, I used to live in London, and it's damn so different to what it is like living in Liverpool. So, what makes yeah. you think you can do here what you can do down there?" If you know what your target market is going to be, like, I mean, that just makes. It makes it so much better to be able to, like, you know, from a marketing perspective, like, if you know what your end avatar is for that particular property, well, then, yeah, like we discussed earlier, like, you know, you'll be able to pick and choose, you know, who's going to work with who in regards to who's living there, you know? Yeah, spot on, Joe, spot on. I think for us, we're kind of fortunate, to be honest, because we, because we manage so many properties across Liverpool, we don't... We don't need to know each individual. Like we're, we're not buying specific properties. So for us, we kind of have a broad perspective of, and this is the other thing we get asked, oh, what's the HMO market like? I said, well, what HMO market? There's so many little micro markets, you know, like, yeah. are we talking about like, and, and just to say blue collar workers is, is quite broad. It's like blue collar, yeah, but what part of Liverpool? Um, yeah. you know, white collar workers, graduates, young graduates, older graduates, um, master's students, post-grad masters, undergrads, um, you know, uh, DSF, we don't do any DSS in our rooms, but uh, there's, all, there's loads of different micro markets. So, I mean, yeah. we're, we're obviously talking holistically about the HMO market as a whole, but when, when people ask us, from an investment point of view, well, well, you know, where's a good area? So, well, based on what you need, we need to know, we need to know, uh, 
you know, well, first of all, what your budget is, how much funds you got available, yeah, yeah, um, you know, how big you want to go because that that's going to determine what part of Liverpool you're buying, and what sort of clientele you're looking to target, what you're looking to spend on a refurb, if anything at all. So you come to the the just the free networking event, didn't you? So, yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, we going back in 2017 i think or might have even been the end of 2016 we were getting some of the people right i'd sat on the training with in london were phoning me up this was sort of when now rooms were starting to really launch and kick off and they'd phone up and they say brett, 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 yeah yeah we met it you know such and such course okay brilliant yeah how are you getting on fantastic just bought bought a hmo i'm like okay brilliant and they're like yeah it's out in Postcode L72 or something. Thinking, I've never even heard of this. <laughs> and it's like, it turns out it's out in Wigan or something. I'm like, I mean, Wigan, Wigan might be a good market. I don't know. I don't, I don't go outside the uh, Queen's Drive, but um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So we were getting calls like investors buying all over the shop. And it was, it was kind of sad and scary to watch, to be honest. So we said, um, you know, let's, let's put together like a, a little one day training seminar, teach everyone. We'll teach all these prospective buyers who are looking at the market um, everything they need to know about Liverpool. So before, before I moved up to Liverpool, I spent probably six months when I decided I was going to invest in Liverpool, I spent six months researching it before we moved up here um, yeah. sort of learning about the council and the selective licensing that, that just kicked off at the time and um you know the market the profitable i was at that time i was focused more on buy to let mind you it wasn't until i got here i realized i was going to do hmo but um just studying the city as a whole which you need to do if you're going to invest in in the market you need to study it you need to you need to learn the market before you invest in definitely 100%. which i mean you guys obviously know being both active here day to day you see how many people just they, they kind of just expect you to well to share like your you, you experience and expertise for nothing as well <laughs> like they, they don't realize i think a lot of it is they don't realize like how much work you actually put in that's the thing yeah provided a lot of free uh, information and time to investors that we thought would be investors but you know just never pulled the trigger but that time and energy spent doing all that research and showing them around different properties it just it months of, it, yeah Months and months, exactly, yeah, 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 months and months. So, I mean, this is this is what we were saying. So, like, because I, I know what I went through. I know what I went through to gain the level of knowledge that I had to gain before I was confident that I was going to make an investment and and it was going to work and it was going to work well. And yeah. I know how much effort and time and energy I put into that to gaining that knowledge. And I saw that other investors who I'd done the training with we're not doing anywhere near the level that we were doing. So we just thought, okay, well, why not just give them what they want? They want all the knowledge. We'll give it to them in one day. They walk in not knowing anything about Liverpool or HMOs or HMOs in Liverpool. And they walk out knowing exactly where to buy, what to buy, how much it's going to rent for, what the demand's going to be, how to present it, how to refurb it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's what we did. We started the Liverpool HMO training day. We've been doing that for three years now it's uh we've got some phenomenal case studies with people just walk in not like i said not knowing anything about liverpool or the hmo market 
and they walk out, they do exactly what we tell them, they buy exactly where we tell them, and then their properties are averaging 99% occupancy, um, huge, huge, huge rental rates. Like some, some of the properties on our portfolio are the highest performing of people who've come through our HMO day. Nice. If anyone wants to get in contact with you regarding your HMO days, how would they get in contact with you? Yeah, yeah, great question. Inquiries at nowrooms.co.uk. Inquiries Perfect. at nowrooms.co.uk. And then, uh, yeah, so that's the Liverpool HMO day. And then we do, we do a one-to-one consultancy, which is basically a bespoke HMO training day, but it's just for half a day. Uh, so yeah. we, we can do that as well. Um, and we, we used to do like property appraisals and all that sort of thing. But the, I mean, the time and energy that went into doing a property appraisal for, for investors who quite frankly, like yourselves, most of the time we're not actually going to buy anything anyway, because yeah. one, the, the, the thing is right now rooms, Liverpool is first and foremost is now always has been always will be. HMO management. Yeah, that, that's our core focus as a, as a business model. That is what we do. So uh, it's not who we are, because who we are is is a company building a community. But what we do is manage HMOs. So yeah. we 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 didn't really see the value in doing an appraisal, one appraisal for one investor here or there. It just wasn't the, wasn't worth our, our energy. But if we can bring in sort of eight to 10 investors and spend a day with them. And then, you know, two or three, four of them go off and, and end up becoming our landlords and, and not only our landlords, but our landlords with the best performing properties in our portfolio. Well, that, that was the objective and that's, that's why we do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, that's been great, Brett. Thanks very much for your time. Um, I, I think me and Joe tend to say to people as, as the favor me and Joe get on our journey, hopefully we'll have some, some deals to go over with yourself in, in the future. Maybe some stuff we can work together on as well. And, um, yeah, yeah. As we, as we all grow sort of in the property markets, potentially do a second, second episode at some point as well yeah definitely definitely yeah yeah i like you guys like i, I really do I think I've, I've met you i met you both well how long have we known each other is it 12 months, it a couple months? Of, it's know. a couple of months now yeah it was it was the um well what where did we first meet you at toastmasters, toastmasters yeah, first met you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was yeah. last summer yeah, yeah. it was ages ago that <laughs> so there you go i mean you never know yeah. who you're gonna meet and where you're gonna meet them in the, that's where i met sean in toastmasters my business partner did you yeah yeah, yeah, in that same same Toastmasters, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, like I say, I, I like you guys. You know, you got good values, and I think um, I love what you're doing here with the podcast. I think this is brilliant. Um, I'm always, I, I love networking, as you know, and I yeah. love, uh, I love helping people as much as I've kind of um, sort of been banging on about, um, you know, the, the new investors kind of having false hopes like i i don't want to come across as like i don't want to help people and, and particularly yeah. help people who are starting out that's not it at all that's not it i want yeah. to help people um i did it just it just really really sort of uh, I don't know, it, it's hard to see like so many people who are just severely um misunderstanding what what's actually realistic and what's not and it's i think it's no, no reflection on the individual it's more so 
what they've been led to believe. So yeah, um, I, I do want to help people. I want to help people as much as I can because only four years ago I was new to Liverpool. So, um, you know, and I, and I'm knowing now that I'm in a position to, to be able to give, give people a lot of, well, a lot of great advice about the HMO market specifically, because I'm not, I don't claim to be an expert on everything, but I'm very confident on my knowledge and experience about Liverpool HMO market. So, um, yeah, more than happy to help anyone I can. And like, like you said, yeah, definitely have a have another uh, podcast. Podcast, yeah, yeah, that that'll be great. Brett, yeah. thanks, thanks very much for your time. Thanks, Brett. Thanks very much. My pleasure. Thank you, All guys. Right. Thanks for having me. We talk about property, business, and everything in between. Hosted by Jack Heskin Taylor and Joe McCarthy, sharing the stories of entrepreneurs, property investors, and our journey to health, wealth, and happiness. 